How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. We are part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. I'd like to give a big shout out to our listeners. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? Donovan hey. Wilson, Stan, yes, stand sir. with me. Yeah, man, I'm 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 feeling good. I, uh, I I'm excited. I am excited to watch Donovan Wilson play. I would like to say that I know that we got to get into Meatless Monday, and I know we got to get into our Twitter ads. But in the show sheet, we don't really have a lot about Donovan Wilson, and since it's my birthday week, I would like to talk a minute about no, it, if you it. don't mind, Paul. All right. So first of all. I want to tell people that are going to go crazy on this. I know the guy is not perfect. I get it. I like he got beat on a play action pass for a touchdown. I'm not asking him to be Jamal Adams. I know he's not that guy. He's like 500 snaps or less into his season. So, you know, let, let's not go crazy on it. But I do think that if you don't think that he is a starting safety next year, that I think you're a little crazy on. Um, he just, he makes plays, you know, the, 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 the thing that I love about him, John Owen uh, yesterday posted a, or it might have been today, but he posted a um, a uh, play where he comes off on the edge on a run play. He meets uh, probably the best fullback in football, Kyle Yushek, and he sets the edge on him, makes the run back, come back inside, did his job. That's all he had to do. Also breaks off said fullback and makes a tackle like having a guy up there in the box that can play the run like that, that's not great in pass, but is also a playmaker. It just makes me so happy. He Right now on the season, he's got 53 tackles, three sacks, or 2.5 sacks might be, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and a pick. And he almost got his second pick in the game, uh, dropped it. That's going to happen. He's not a receiver. So I just want to make sure he's shouted out because we all know I'm a stan of the uh, – of the uh, player. So I love him. I can't wait to see him be the starting safety next year. I I would be good if he's safety three, two, don't get me wrong. He, he has a little bit of an injury history. You know, the way he plays, he's not going to play every game. He hasn't at any level. He's always missed games because he kind of plays like his hair's on fire. So, you know, if he was safety three, even better, but a starting safety, um, I'm good lining him up and knowing I'm good with him. So I just want to get that in to the pod before we get into everything else. If, uh, I hope well, Mike, you, you know, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to give a shout out to Mr. Neville Gallimore, who had his sixth straight start of the year yesterday. Hey, ne- Neville is. is flashing. Neville is flashing. I, I ideally, and I, I won't get us too far in the wind weeds here, but ideally say you sign a daily Damian Tomlinson or you get a, uh, a Tyler Shelvin. Let's just go with those two for right now. So we don't go too crazy and you stick them at one technique. I think Gallimore starts as your three and then Hill comes in as your pass rushing three technique. And maybe Gallimore moves over uh, or depending on who you have at defensive end, like Alden Smith, they've done that a lot with this year, but I think you move that one technique out of there on third down passing situations and Gallimore and Hill move over and become the pass rush defensive tackles. And so uh, I'm going to be playing Gallimore a lot of snaps next year if it's up to me. Uh, he, he's he's played well. You know, I mean, 
don't get me wrong. He's still young. He's still pushed around in the, in the, in the run game uh, too much. He needs another off season, but, but he's, he's flashing. He can, he can beat people up front. Well, you know, Mike, it's crazy to see that rookies are getting on the field because I was under the impression that a rookie had to be uh, stashed on the bench or even the practice squad for, you know, for at least a, a minimum of three years or, you know, be suggested to switch positions. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it, it, it worries me for Reggie Robinson because they put Tyler Biotis out as a fourth round. I know there was injuries because that seems to be the issue that they have to get, you know, a billion injuries to put a guy out there. But, you know, they, they put Tyler Biotis out who was drafted after Reggie Robinson. And, uh, and he basically has been the best starter. I think he should have, you know, he wasn't healthy enough to start this week. But when he is, I think he'll take Joe Looney's spot because he just was better than him, especially in the run game. And, uh, and man, Reggie Robinson just – I mean, he's got like 10 special team snaps or less. Like, he just can't get out there. It, it baffles me why a, a guy picked in the early day three uh, just can't get any snaps considering – Darian Thompson still plays for your team. I don't know why. Yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought about that. I know that Nick Carrera has has uh, called for Reggie Robinson to get some more playing time here as of later, you know, the last last month or so. And you know, I'd have to agree with you because when you see these other rookies getting opportunities and you look at our secondary, you would think that how, how much worse could Reggie Robinson be than Darian Thompson? And, you know, like you said, Darian Thompson is still out there on the field and Reggie Robinson has been, you know, relegated to, to special teams and sometimes not even that. It makes you wonder if he's just not getting a good grasp of the, of the uh, playbook or if he's just, uh, you know, I don't know if it's maybe an, an attitude thing. I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what it is. Uh, Nick, Nick actually talks about, he says like the, the coach, cause, cause I actually get on Nick, Nick's kind of like, you know, it could be worse, you know? So we, we don't just want to throw young guys out there just to throw them out there. Um, which is not mm-hmm. the sentiment of a lot of people. Um, I'm, I'm actually with him on that. I think he thinks I'm not, yeah. I just don't like Darian Thompson. So I, I think you throw a young guy out there because I don't think he can right. get worse than Darian Thompson. But I don't just throw young guys out there just to throw them out there. You know, I'm actually with them. And we're going to um, we're gonna um, cover a lot of Nick Carrera here. I'm gonna I'm gonna be his voice on this podcast for a couple of uh, for a couple of uh, areas we hit on the show sheet here. Um, if you go back and look at Nick Carrera's Twitter, I'm basically gonna be following his lead on on some of this stuff. But uh, yeah, Reggie, Reggie's like did something to somebody's <laughs> mama because that guy cannot see any snaps, and and he seems like such a good talent. Like he was one of my favorite picks that we got. Yeah. I thought he was a great value. I thought he dropped strictly <laughs> because he was a Tulsa player, and a lot of a lot of places they you know they don't want to get people from Tulsa. I think Xavion Collins, uh, if he was at Florida or one of these big schools, would be talked about as a top fifteen pick. And now he may drop into the back of the first round, maybe even the second. So that program, you know, isn't known to produce big players. But, man, I thought he would get in. And whether corner or safety, I thought he would make some noise here this year. I honestly did. And surprised he can't even get in. Yeah, Mike, I'm right there with you. Well, you know, we're talking about our Twitter family here, Mike. So let everybody know where they can find you at on Twitter. 
at CD Pick. Guys, I am Paul Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. You know, Mike, we cannot start off any Monday podcast without, of course, Meatless Monday. Let everybody know what was on the menu today. Oh, good one today. I have not eaten it yet either. I'm waiting till after. I I had a a bigger than normal breakfast, so I was not hungry enough to eat right away. But we're doing subs. How? How is that possible? Because I get a lot of plant-based uh, uh, meat. Um, I like that Laura Deans or whatever. Mm-hmm. She does really good burger patties. And um, this is a new one I'm trying. It was at Sprouts, and they had meatless meatballs. So I got a Calabrian chili marinara sauce, some provolone cheese, and a couple of uh, sub, uh, you know, sandwich bread, and that's going to be lunch right after I get off this. So, Mike, how, I, I've hour. always been kind of curious, you know, I, I would never go to Burger King and get the, uh, you know, the plant-based Whopper or anything like that, but I am curious, how are those those uh, plant-based uh, meats? Man, that, that Laura's one is so, you wouldn't mm-hmm. even know you're not eating meat, and 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 you know I'm a snob. Like if oh, it sucked, course. I would tell you guys that it sucked. We we've talked about pizza, and and places like Pizza Hut and destroyed it. And they're never going to be a a uh, uh, sponsor here. So <laughs> I've ruined that. So that that Laura's one's good. It's so funny because my brother, uh, they come in a pack of two. They're actually super expensive. You got to wait till they go on sale. Otherwise, I'd never be able to afford them. But he looks forward to Mondays because he knows I'll cook one of them for myself and and cook the other one for him. And so he's always like, uh, you know, meatless Monday, plant-based meatballs today. Like he's waiting. He knows he's going to get a sandwich as soon as this is over. So they're really good. Mitchell's 280-something now, but he's hovered around 320 for a while. He's a big dude and he likes to eat. And he eats those, so we, hey, no, we that's saying something. If that. uh, you know a, a guy who likes to eat and has been known to eat, a, I imagine a cheeseburger or two. If if he will uh, enjoy those, and you know, I think that might be something I might have to try. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. We actually had uh, bacon uh, cheeseburger sliders, the Wahlburger ones. They went on sale, and so I snagged mm-hmm. a bunch nice. of like a buck fifty. <laughs> And uh, we cooked them all up. That's yeah, I've always, uh, I've always wanted to try a Wall Burger. I know they have like a uh, a Thanksgiving Day burger where they put stuffing on there and everything, and like a cranberry mayo type thing. And we don't, ha- I don't believe we have a Wall Burger out here in Texas. But uh, I remember I watched a, a couple of episodes of that series, and I'm like, man, those burgers actually do look really good. Yeah, I, 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 you know, they were a little too, they're too expensive for me. They're like the ones, they're like $9.99 for a pack of eight sliders. You yeah, know, exactly. That's, that's so much money. But they were $6 off and uh, on sale for like $7.49 instead of $9.99. So I got them for like a dollar. So I bought all the packs they had and was like, well, we'll try all these. If they're no good, it was a dollar, you know, and they ended up being pretty damn good. Very nice. Well, Mike, you know, before we get into our discussion, I'm throwing a curveball here at you. I was listening to your guest appearance on the ATB Fantasy Show, and I won't go into too many details, but I, uh, you and the boys were joking that next time y'all record that you might be wearing nothing but a smile when next time you record. So I got to ask, Mike, do you have clothes on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's cold. I'm fully clothed, and as you know, because we talked before, I just got out of blankets. Like, I was under four blankets, and I just, uh, before we started actually officially on the podcast, 
I took the blankets off so I didn't have them on so I could be more, uh, you know, move around, have some more mobility. But it, it's cold. It's not cold like Bono's cold, but um, it's friggin' uh, between 36 and 58 degrees, uh, depending on what time of day it is here in Fresno. So that's cold for us here in California. Well, you know, I, I know like we don't do a lot of drinking on this show, Mike. You know, maybe uh, depending on how these next couple of weeks go, we might we might have to pour up a cel- uh, celebratory drink. But I, I had to know because uh, well, when you start when you were saying that, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be an interesting discussion on Monday. Well, Thursday when we record the pods, <laughs> I will have had a drink. <laughs> uh, I would imagine so. Again, I know you mentioned it's uh, it's your birthday week, man. So. I, I'm hoping that you have a good one. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Just a, just a shot of this bourbon my buddy got me, so I'm going to have a shot of that, and then we'll record a couple pods, and I'll relax. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good birthday. You I know, like Mike, it was, a, it was a good day for Mr. Tony Pollard yesterday. Uh, what were your thoughts on his performance? Uh, I, I think I'm going to kind of take some credit on this in the article and on the podcast. I said that um, that I think Zeke is g- very good for this team still. I still like him for the regular downs, you know, the more of the workload. But with the offensive line the way it is, it would be better to get Tony Pollard about half the carries because um, th- they're not opening up a lot of holes. So you need a guy to mm-hmm. hit you a few big plays. And that's what Pollard brings that Zeke doesn't. Now, if you look – uh, before his 40-yarder at the end of the game, Pollard had 11 carries for 29 yards. Now, if Zeke did that, mm-hmm. let's be real, we'd kill him. You know, we'd be destroying him right now. But because Pollard hit a big 40-yard run, it inflates those numbers, and you don't take that away from him because that's what he's going to get you. That's why I said let Zeke get the 11 and maybe he gets you 40, you know, he, he gets you around that 40 mark on his 11 instead of 29. Uh, Puller's not a great inside runner. He doesn't fall forward very well, but then boom, he'll pop one on you. So um, I, I thought that, you know, he did well in the passing game, but he had five for 33. That's a little more than six yards of catch. And then boom, he hits a 30 yard catch. So I think he was very, very um the takeaway two big plays and we would have been saying damn may- maybe we give zeke a break but because of the type of runner he is he hits one big catch one big run and now we're like we'll see look what he can do you know zeke would have got you you know yada yada he couldn't have broke one like that but um i think just going forward it shows that this team could be a good thunder and lightning you know you got zeke as your thunder wear down the team and and make them tackle Ezekiel Elliott while he runs through the tackles underneath. And then you give it to Thunder on the screens and on the, the, the off tackle sweep play, stuff like that. And let him try to, to beat somebody the way he beat Richard Sherman. I mean, they had him on that 40 yard run. They had him two guys are right there. And he puts that step on Richard Sherman and breaks back inside of him. And I think what happened is they had basically five guys around him, two that he broke with the with the step away. And then he comes in and three guys are there to tackle him. He just kind of spins out of it. I think everybody was like, okay, he's, you know, runs over. And Paul was like, no, 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 you're dealing with me now. I, the run's not over. I'm, I'm young. I'm, I'm trying to make big plays. I'm trying to make an impression. And he gets through that. And the Niners defense didn't really swarm him like they really should have. They kind of just were like, mm-hmm. well, he's going to go down. This is, you know. And he broke through and got it. And, and 
I think going forward, it, it's like we've talked about in the pod and like I put in the article. I think you you want to get Zeke a, a, a good amount of the carries. You want to get him the 60, 65 percent of the carries and let him beat teams up up the middle and then try to hit Pollard on on 35 percent of the touches, right. I should say, instead of carries touches and let him try to make the the bigger splash plays when he's in the game you know i, I think that'd be the best you know mike i was uh you, you mentioned the big plays by by pollard there one the 40 yard td run and then the uh, 30 the big 30 yard reception and that's why we bring in a guy like tony Pollard, tony pollard because of those big plays and for me i was impressed by what we saw from tony pollard i knew what he could do as a wide receiver and i knew what he could do in the open field but i actually liked what i saw from pollard in between the tackles you know on his first td run he took a carry between the tackles and Right before he's about to get tackled, he turns his back and tries to use his his block more effectively and avoid that initial contact. But then on his second attempt, he gets tackled, but he doesn't give up on the play and he he stretches the ball over there of the goal line. And you know, well, I think we saw a complete performance from Pollard, in my opinion. I actually thought those were his two best runs, not even the breaks. I thought his two runs up the middle on that drive uh, at the goal line were his two best runs because. Um, typically he doesn't do a good job of that, that particular thing right there, getting inside and getting as much as you can in those, uh, that, that front seven, not wide, but when you're going up right up the middle, middle linebacker in between the, uh, in between the defensive tackles, Mm -hmm. that's not really his strong suit. And he got up there and almost got the one. And then the next time fought through to get it. Those were my favorite runs of the day for him, even over the two big uh, the ru- big run and the big pass he had. I thought those two were his best ones because if he can do mm-hmm. that like Zeke can, well, now you, now you truly have somebody that can drive the ball 25, 30 carries. But I have to see him do it with more consistency. You know, I, those were really the only two times he did it in that game. If you go back, he got caught on the line a lot. Hence, right. uh, you know, 11 for 29, the other, uh, the other carries, but that's his, that's, I would like Zeke to do that part that, you know, he did well on that a couple times, but I would like Zeke to be in that kind of range. And then I would like Pollard to be the guy that gets the uh, more of the dynamic touches. Now, you can't just do that. You've got to give Pollard some of those inside runs because then they know, hey, this running back right, right. take these plays off the board. You know, mm-hmm. Zeke's in, take this play off the board. So it's not like you can't – you have to sometimes run those mm-hmm. screens and those plays to Zeke, and you have to sometimes run those inside runs to Pollard. But on a majority, I would like it split you know, power inside runs. Right. And you know, Mike, I'm going to go off the show sheet here, but I wonder we're talking about Tony Pollard running in between the tackles. I wonder how, how much confidence he's gaining doing that while also being our return man this year. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, the the thing is, is, is we told, we said last year when we got him, actually we've said it for a long time, regardless of it's Tavon Austin, Dave Hellman used to pull his hair out on, on, uh, on the, uh, the break show and on the on the shows he's the other shows he, that he would guest on because he would go why is this guy not getting like nine touches a game just nine like you're not even asking for double digit touches well why can't you find a way to manufacture touches and I think Calvin Moore is doing that and and the special teams by getting him kick returns by by motioning him out and throwing a screen to him by motioning him back in and doing an inside draw and then 
having him go off tackle on a play, you know, find a way to get him the ball because he makes plays with it. He's had 70 yards and a touchdown on two plays. So, you know, you've got to get guys like that opportunities. You know, Mike, what what were your thoughts on how the flow of the offense with with Tony Pollard? Did you, did it look to you that the uh, offense had a better flow to it with Pollard at running back? It looked similar minus red zone. Um, In the red zone area, I really thought that, that, that Kellen Moore used Pollard probably better than anyone else in that whole area. He was uh, really good. Um, if you look, you know, of our 41 points, you had 14 come off special teams, 10 come off defensive turnovers. Uh, Lamb had that return on uh, on the onside kick. They got a fumble recovery on a punt. Tank got the forced fumble on a, a sack. And Wilson got an interception. So, you know, we, we set our offense up really well. They only had a total of 291 yards passing and running combined. And two of those were on big Mm. 70 of those were on two big plays from Pollard. So I I think it looked pretty similar. They're, they're not, um, they're just not overly dynamic right now because Dalton's not that kind of quarterback. You know, they have the last two games, they put up 30 and 41 points because we got seven turnovers and that's kind of, um, you know, the way you wanted to play it with Dak was Dak can get you 30 points and then if a team can give you, if the defense and special teams can give you two turnovers mm-hmm. or win the turnover battle by two, now you're going to be hard to beat. Well, you add Dalton to that and you say, okay, now we may need to win the turnover battle by three and we're still right. not going to, you know, blow a team out, but we can win these games. And they, and they beat up on Cincinnati and a bad quarterback. And then they, they got some turnovers on uh, Nick Mullins and, and took the game out of their running hands. And uh, it really helped them. But, I'm not going to like overdo it and be like, oh, yeah, we were this big. No, we didn't really put up a lot of points and the turnovers set up our offense. But mm-hmm. in the red zone, they did look different. I am not taking that away. They were better in the red zone and they were better because of the way that they could use Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. They're just so dynamic and they're so they scare you so much as an opposing defense. That, yes, e- even though I, I, you know, run the ball to Zeke in the red zone and pound it inside and this, that. No, no, red zone, short field. If you can get guys like Lamb and Pollard to make linebackers think and make safeties think and make a defensive end worry before he goes on a pass rush, that's more of the guys you want. And I think it showed. I mean, they, they this is the best. You know, Mike, I think uh, because it was Pollard's first start and San Francisco didn't have much film on him, that gave Kellen Moore an advantage and allowed him to use Pollard in a more creative way. Uh, that being said, I, I do think because of Pollard's skill set, he does allow for a more creative offense. As far as flow goes, you know, I have to say, you, you talked about it there in the red zone. I'll have to say yes. But will that continue? You know, I, I don't know about that, again, because this was Pollard's first first game as the starter. So, you know, I, I'd like to see it again. You know, if I hope Zeke does get a chance to play. But, you know, maybe we'll get to see what uh, when, when teams get film on Pollard, what he could do as a starter again, um, you know, this upcoming Sunday against Philadelphia. Yeah, that's an interesting matchup. Philly's not overly great defensively, and um, they don't really do great in any area. You know that you they 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 have a big front four that can affect your your pocket in in the running pocket or the or the or when you're throwing. So you know we got to see how our our offensive line can handle that because that's a tough matchup. 
uh, with basically, you know, all of our backup offensive linemen in there. And uh, it's not a great matchup for Connor Williams. He, he's been graded our best guy this week. But going up against big guys like Hargrave and Cox normally give him trouble. So, you know, I think it's going to depend on how we handle those that front four rotation that Eagles bring because their linebackers and their secondary don't really do much. To, you know, Mike, you touched on it a little bit there um, earlier, but in terms of uh, red zone performance, you know, was this our best game of the season? Yeah, I know I gave that away a little bit. I, I, I obviously, I think so. It was Moore's creativity was was awesome. Uh, I, I have a rundown of. Uh, the first drive they got into the red zone, they motioned Pollard uh, across the field to the uh, wide receiver spot. He was on the other wide, other side as wide receiver. They run a screen to him. Then they put him in the backfield. They motion him back out. They run another screen to him. Then they have him at the wide receiver spot. They motion him into the running back, back spot for the shotgun run inside the draw. Um, and then on the, on the win, they, the, on the uh, actual touchdown, they bring in an extra offensive tackle. And they, they mm-hmm. are just like, we're going to go up the middle on them, you know. And I think what happened is they did so many weird plays that Philadelphia is like, well, watch for a play action throw mm-hmm. to a ta- ta- offensive tackle, something something crazy. And they got San Francisco thinking about that, and they just ran it right up the middle, you know, ba- basic uh, uh, draw up there, and, and it worked for them. On the second drive, he does the, uh, the Blake Bell yeah. quarterback sneak, which was just brilliant. And then that that double fake play action pass, the fake to Lamb, fake to Pollard, Gallup sneaks behind the linebackers, perfection. And even the third one seems like a easy call, but getting Schultz on a play action boot out one on one, knowing that it would be Richard Sherman or uh, Verrett or one of the smaller corners out on him because of the type of system they uh, they're running. And getting Schultz on a one-on-one and giving him a, a, a chance to break that tackle, and he does, and he scores, it, it just was well done. All three drives in that red zone were were really good that they scored on, and, and I thought by a lot. No, Mike, I'd agree. I know we've had our struggles there for ball? quite some time, but it looked like we, may, we might have uh, figured some things out. I felt like we had a really good mix of passing and running there in the red zone yesterday. Yeah, and they, and they just – the creativity, that – that double fake, I'm telling because the okay, you see the guy coming across the field, and you think, okay, hand off the lamb, and they've showed it before, and they've scored on it before. So the defensive end and linebacker have to react to it. Then they see it's not, and they go, uh-oh, here comes Pollard. They got us with a touchdown on this last drive right up the middle. Here it comes again. So now you have one linebacker stepping up towards Lamb, the middle linebacker stepping up worrying about Pollard, the defensive end on one side has to worry about Lamb going out. The other one has to worry about him going in the middle, and they're thinking about crashing. And Michael Gallup just sneaks right behind him for an easy pass. I mean, it was just – that was a beautiful play. I mean, mm-hmm. that is just more getting in his bag. And, uh, and, and credit to you – you know, I said uh, I, I said that you know, no, not really a big deal for Moore because of the defense he was going up against compared to Kyle's. And you were like, no, nah, no, nah, I think I think Kellen Moore is like, get ready because here I come. And I think he was. He he got into his bag many times, and I think you were right on with that last week. I think he took this as a game, uh, a showcase game. And even though they they flexed it out, boy, yeah. that's stupid. You see those ratings, woof. 
they flexed they flexed it out of there and uh and he still took it and said that's fine 10 a.m instead of sunday night I'm still going to showcase it and show people that I'm Yeah, you know, I uh, I'm you know, I, I say this quite often, Mike. I don't get too many too many ones right here, you know, being next to you on the show. You're you're the brains of this operation. So, when I do get to hit on one, it feels pretty good and, you know, I'm glad that uh, you know, Kellen Moore probably was listening to the pod and he said, "You know what? I got to I got to get Paul a, another one to add to the board." <laughs> I know for a fact Kellen Moore listens to this pod. Kellen Moore and Tank are both big fans, so that's good. If you're not listening to the pod, then you're not as well. Hey, CD, Kellen if you're Moore listening, man, we're always looking so for guests, go. and you have to hop on the pod in the off season, man. Yeah, CD, he's busy. You know, rookie. He's trying to get in the playbook and stuff, so he's not really getting on pods. But he let me know, dude. He's going to be on for sure because because we're like that. We're cool like that. Me and CD. I just got his jersey. We're one and zero. Oh, oh, hey, jersey. By the way, I just like to point that Mike, out. Mike, Mike, I do not look charm to his to his profile. Yeah, that was and 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 we were talking about it. Me and my brother, and we were like, well, we you know, if we lose, you know, the draft pick and everything, you know, Washington's probably not going to lose their last two games. We're out for the division, so no biggie if we lose, but. Man, you know, you're playing the Niners, which is like my old mm-hmm. school teenager rival team. And and I just got the Lambsers and I was like, yeah, man, there's a lot of reasons to want to win this game, you know, besides just what it does for the team. And uh, we ended up pulling Well, Mike, off, you kind of so touched on it the there players. a bit, but I think we can both agree that this uh, Kellen Moore made a statement with this game, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He what he said was on the next man up, like obviously Kyle McVeigh, Roman, you know, they're they're the guys, they're tier one. But I think what he said is, is, you know, as I get experience, I'm going to be there like he um he's very creative with his play calls, the red zone. He's dealing with an offensive line that's super limited, his quarterback's limited. So he can't get into the bag like like others can like. Like Bienemy and Andy Reid can get into any mm-hmm. bag they want. They've got stuff everywhere, you know. So you only have so much you can do. Even Kyle Shanahan limited with with you know out Jimmy G's and and uh, Mullins. They ended up pulling or uh, for Bethard. So you know, the, I, I think what he's saying is is yes, he has room to grow. Obviously, he called that reverse at a bad time. He gets a little pass happy sometimes when it's when it's unnecessary. Um, so he's not up there in that tier quite yet, but he, he, he did say, Hey, Hey, don't forget and respect on my name too. I know Kyle Shanahan's the guy, but I'm here as well. And, and yeah, Mike, I would agree. And, and it didn't take long for the Niners defense to figure some things out, but it seemed like even when they did, we still found ways to move the ball and score. And he already touched on it that, that Moore didn't have his best lineman running back or quarterback. And we were still able to put up 41 point on a top 10 defense. Yeah, and Robert Soleil is Robert Soleil is a head coaching candidate for a reason. He is that guy. So, you know, when I when I kind of crapped on him, oh, they got two hundred ninety one total yards. Yeah, they got two hundred ninety one total yards on a on a top ten defense in both running and passing. You know, with our third stringers at a lot of our offensive line spots, a backup quarterback. A backup tight end who's shown himself to be excellent, but he's still the backup. And uh, and they put up 41 points by cashing in on turnovers. And there's no guarantee just because you get a turnover. God, do we know it. 
We got a turnover down to the two yard line and couldn't score on it. You know, so so it's it's no guarantee week to week what you're going to do. So when you bring out your bag and, and cash into the red zone, absolutely, take it. I'll take it all well, day. Um, speaking of coordinators, impressive. Mike, has Mike Nolan done anything to warrant another year as a defensive coordinator? Look, I'm going to give you the same answer I did when you asked uh, Thursday from from the last pot. I'm not asking for his job. I, I think this defense is terrible because of the players on the team. We had bad players before, and now our young players are getting experience and making plays. Who do we talk about? Gallimore and Wilson. They're young. They barely have any snaps. They don't know what they're doing. You know, uh, uh, they need to get more experience. But they, they just they don't have a good one technique. Neither linebacker is playing very well right now. They're not being helped by the defensive tackles our edge rush gets up field only to get no help from a defensive tackle push you know the cornerbacks it, it was nice to see Cheeto back I think he played pretty well Diggs obviously is going to be a cornerback one going forward but um I, I'm not asking for his firing I never was last week when we got killed I haven't all year I think he needs better players I'm also not defending him if he's fired like, he, he can be fired. He deserves to be fired. You can't be 32 ranking historically bad versus the run and keep your job. Like, if they fire him, I get it. I'm, I'm not sitting there going, going what? You got to keep knowing he didn't do anything wrong. No, his players suck, and he sucked. I mean, it, it you know, I would just put more of the blame on the players. I, I, what I'm saying is if we go out and get another defensive coordinator and only bring these players back, we're going to be hurting still, even with a new one. Maybe they're not 30 seconds. They're going to be pretty bad. And and just to be, you know, to lay it out, this this game, they didn't, uh, they didn't play great either. 150 yards rushing. They gave up 300-plus passing to Mullins and Bethard, and they allowed 33 points. They got four turnovers. One of them was special team, you know. So I'll take that. I want a team. I'd rather have a team that's top 10 in turnover differential and, and takeaways mm -hmm. than I would a team that's top 10 in points and yards allowed. I think turnovers mean that much. So look at this team. They gave up all those yards, 450 plus yards. They beat them because they got turnovers. So I, I'm not asking for him to stay. I'm not rallying for him to get a job, but I was never asking him for him to get fired anyway. I want better players. I don't care who you put a defensive coordinator. Put Nolan back, get somebody else. I don't care. Give me a one technique. Give me another cornerback. Give me a better safety, you know, and, and I'll be happy with that. And then I can care. Well, Mike, you know, forgive me for double dipping with that question there. I didn't realize that I had already uh, asked this, so I do apologize there. But for me, you know, I, I don't think Mike Nolan ha has uh, done anything to warrant a second contract. Uh, has our defense looked better over the second half of the season? Absolutely. Uh, is Mike Nolan the reason? I personally, I don't think so. Uh, players are still missing assignments and looking confused. I feel like health and level of competition have been more of a factor lately than Mike Nolan has. Yeah, and I'd just like to say, you didn't quite double dip. It was a different question. It was about um, players compared to coaches, you know, how much is which one's fault. And I was just saying at that time that when I look at the defensive right, coordinator, right. for me, I don't care who it is. I need better players. And this week it's more about, you know, the turnaround of the defense last couple of weeks. Is it worth keeping mm -hmm. him? And I'm just saying the same thing. I never cared if he was fired. If you give me better players, I think they'll be better even with Mike Nolan. 
if you fire Mike Nolan, yeah, it, he deserves to be fired. Like, you can't be historically bad and 32nd against the run and expect to get your job back, no matter how many injuries, how bad the players are, this and that. You know, somebody else can come in and do better than 32nd. So, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not asking for his job, but if he's fired, you didn't do good enough. So so I'm not going to stand there and go, what? We need to keep him. You know, I can't I argue with you there, Mike. But, you know, when, when healthy, how much better could our defense be with a different scheme and a, and a di- different defensive coordinator? Well, I think you know my answer, considering <laughs> – uh, I, I don't see much. I mean, they if they don't get a one-technique nose tackle uh, to clog up the middle and and better DBs, and, and there's so many questions at linebacker now. I mean, what's wrong with uh, Leighton Vanderesh? You know, what are you going to do with this fifth-year option? Has he played well enough? to? I can't imagine signing mm-hmm. him to it. You know, you already put money in Jalen that looks terrible. Now you're going to double up on that. And I know he's a first-round pick, but sometimes, you know, uh, uh, in poker, when you when you raise a hand and somebody over raises you, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you think you're pocketing?" Sometimes the best thing you can do is fold instead of losing more money to a losing hand. You know, you got to know when to when to fold the cards. So, you know, with with the questions at, at one technique, because I'm not going to kill three technique. I think Gallimore and Hill will be fine there. You know, they're they're going to have trouble because they're young and and they need more snaps like everybody else. But you can survive with those two if you get a big-time one technique to go next to them and you have guys like Gregory Alden and Tank on the outside, you'll be fine. And they'll help the linebackers. But if you don't get that, if you don't get a one technique and another at least one to two DBs to help your back end, you're going to have tons of trouble. I don't care if you get Vic Vic Fangio. This is going to be our first disagreement on the pod here today, Mike, because I feel like if maybe we brought in a Wade Phillips, I don't see why this defense couldn't be top 20. You know, I'm not saying 15 or in the top 10, but, you know, maybe 18 or 19 or even just the 20th 20th defense, uh, 20th ranked defense. Uh, I feel like the players are playing well lately, and if some of these guys could just – play and not have to think about every move before making it. I feel like we'd have, we'd see some more success uh, from this defense. No, my worry with Wade is he's, he's a three, four guy or, or a four, three with a stand up in, but he normally likes one, one big, and we don't have the, the big nose tackle for him to clear up, you know, to protect the linebackers and our linebackers are more four, three linebackers. They don't really, they're not ones that like come up and hit in the middle of the the line and take on blocks and shed. And then our edge tanks, not a, a three, four up stand up edge. So Gregory would have to do that on the other end and he'd be okay, but we don't have, neither of them are dynamic enough edge rushers like a Von Miller or a DeMarcus Ware. they're more of a, a power rush, a, a sustained rush, a, a beat you with their, their power and beat you with their hands. And they are bendy. Um, I really like Wade Phillips, but I don't know if our personnel matches that. And and then on the back end, man, I just going into next year, uh, uh, playing a playing a system with with the with the guys we have would would worry me. Regardless of the defensive coordinator, I'm I'm I'd rather have Wade Phillips than Mike Nolan. Don't get me wrong, but I think if you don't get him some help, he's not going to be great. You know, and and. 
it worries me. You know, he, he's on and on again, off again as a coordinator with the Rams. He was great for a year or two. And then he, you know, he dropped off uh, and they had to let him go. And, and, you know, I think that was a personnel thing too. They kind of uh, lost his edge rushers and, and it made it a problem for him. And uh, man, I just, I really want to improve the defense through personnel. And, and so if he's kind of, let's just say Wade Phillips came in and, he was a coordinator for these last two weeks. You don't think he'd make much of a difference, if at all? Well, in the in the last, no, not not with two weeks. He just, I would rather, I think he'd do worse because the team, you see how bad the team flipped over how long it took them to get used to Nolan's scheme. You know, now you're asking him to come in with very little time and learn uh, Wade's scheme for two, you know, the last two weeks. I think if you said with a full off season, do I think Wade would have a more of an effect than Nolan? Yes, I do. I think he's just a better defensive coordinator, but I don't think he would have as much as an, an effect. Like if you told me Wade Phillips with this same defense or, or Nolan with a, uh, a, a really big time nose tackle, uh, another corner and a safety, I would rather have that, even though I do believe I would have less at defensive coordinator. I do not disagree that Wade is mm-hmm. better as a coordinator, but I just think the personnel is so bad um, at key spots that I'd rather have better personnel and stick with the worst defensive coordinator than improve the defensive coordinator and not get I got better you. on the defense. Well, you know, side Mike, while we're still talking about the defense, has Cheeto earned has Cheeto done enough to earn a second contract? I do. I know I've been killing the defense and stuff, but I do think he has. Uh, I, I think Cheeto. I would like to have him. He's a, he's average. He's an average player. I understand that he's five. He's four years in. We know what he is. Um, but he having an average starter is not terrible. Like if you think you're just gonna have a rookie come in with Donovan Wilson and and. Uh, and Diggs, and you've seen the growing pains Diggs had to go through and the growing pains Wilson is going through, and they're both going through it, and now you're going to bring in another rookie? Like, i just like to have a, a – whether it's Cheeto or if you can find one that, that Dallas will pay, you know, in the same range that's an, that's an upgrade, you know, a, a experienced, been in the league a few years cornerback that could start if your rookie doesn't come in and isn't ready right away. You know, if he's blowing coverages and this and that, and you need to limit his snaps, Cheeto could play 60% of the snaps while he gets more experience. If you get a guy, say Sertan comes in, and he's just a day one guy. He, you could bring him in, and he's good. He may get beat a couple times, but he's a, he's a good starter day one. Well, now Cheeto can back up every spot. He played slot at Colorado. He played safety at Colorado. He's played outside for us, so he can back up anywhere people are hurt. He'd be great as a big nickel, you know, and that could, that's that been a Warley spot and a Darian Thompson spot. You're telling me Cheeto can't be better than them? So I like that. I, I, I want to avoid too many young DBs all at once because I think this year showed it's just too much to have too many people that don't know what to do in the back end. We were just – those first seven, eight games, we're just blowing coverages – every week blowing at least one coverage, two coverage. It was bad. So, you know, a Diggs, a rookie, a Cheeto, a Donovan Wilson, and and maybe you sign a, a safety to go along with or, or something, you know, to help out. 
Uh, I think that's good to have at least one safety, one cornerback that that's kind of been around for a little bit. Well, Mike, for me, it definitely depends on the cost. But if we're speaking literally, then yes. Uh, I know you watch the games at least twice, and I only watch them once. But when I'm watching the games, I don't see Cheeto giving up a lot of big plays or making mistakes. And, you know, uh, trusting my illustrious co-host, you, of course, I'm talking about you, Mike. I know this draft class doesn't have any elite prospects. um, And, you know, I'd rather see Cheeto sign to a team-friendly deal and bet on the experience and, and not bet on the ceiling. Yeah, that I, I agree. Like, you know, I, I actually think, depending on the combine, Caleb Farley could be an elite prospect. I really do. He didn't play this year, so it's hard to know his growth. And I want to see his numbers, but I really do. But even if we got him, say at eight, we just grabbed Caleb Farley. And I was like, oh, right. this guy's going to be. He still needs time to develop, just like Diggs did. And so, it, you know, he could come in and be a a – I think any of of Sertan, Caleb Farley, Stokes, and Horn could be day one starters in this league. They're going to have their problems. You know, like I said with Donovan Wilson, they're playmakers. They're going to make mistakes. uh, But you don't mind putting them out there day one. But if they aren't, if they come in and like, ah, they're having trouble picking up stuff, they just, they just can't, you can't put them out there for 90% of the snaps. Well, now you have a Cheeto out there. Go ahead and put Cheeto and Diggs in there and work the rookie in, and, and it covers your ass. Hell, what if things work out where you get a, a, a an edge rusher in the uh, in the in the first round? A Quiddy Pate drops to you, and you're like, hey, we, we we stink versus the run. We need an edge setting in to go across from Tank that has some pass rush skills, and we can rotate in Gregory with him as as a as a pass rusher, and we need to get that guy and worry about corner in the second round but it's more of a developmental corner or you get to the second round and the guy you want doesn't go and you don't end up getting a corner to the third. And now you're like, well, this guy's definitely mm-hmm. not ready to come in day one. Now you have a guy you're covering your ass. So yeah, I'm definitely bringing Cheeto back uh, regardless of who we draft and what rounds I want him in as basically a utility backup that I know I can put in anywhere and he'll be average. Well, Mike is, say, let's say terrible. week one, That's Cheeto Diggs, Brown, Jordan Lewis, Donovan Wilson are our starters in the secondary. How are you feeling? I feel like the front office was completely negligent. Uh, I would, that is, that would be horrendous to me. I would hate that. Uh, You have 10 plus drop draft picks. You're probably going to have four in about the top 110. Um, If, if that is, your group that all all three of Cheeto, Jalu, and Brown at be, giving them best case scenario are average cornerbacks. I mean, we can we could say that 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 is a a a fair statement. Like nobody nobody's done anything of that group to make you say, oh no, they're solid, they're good to great, like average. You know, some of them it would be tough to even call them average. So you're telling me you have you have Diggs and Wilson still developing. There's multiple solid day one options at cornerback and day two uh, options at safety and cornerback. And you're coming in, you moved. I'm assuming we moved J-Lo to safety then? Gross. He's not big enough and he's not that good in coverage. Like just because somebody's like, oh yeah, they're, they play better at safety than they do at corner. Yeah, but you went from playing shitty at corner to not as shitty at safety. Like I, it, 
if that if if Jordan Lewis is a starter on this team next year, that's in that's malpractice. That is just you you your your front office. You're not going to fire that GM, but Jesus, as everyone should be, one that left Jordan Lewis as a starter next year deserves to be fired. And Cheeto is only good if he's your starter to as a placeholder to the rookie cornerback you got. If you sign Cheeto to a four year deal. Uh, and he's your starter starter like you're like that's cornerback two to Diggs. that's terrible too uh, when we're talking about re-signing him to a second contract I'm talking about as a placeholder to the rookie cornerback you got with your one of your first two picks you know and 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 played him out there uh, as soon as possible so I I would I would be you know that mm-hmm. that nose tackle one technique rant I went on not too long ago I would fly off the handle if we go in, if we're doing an off season pod and that's our group, I would just basically say you're, you're destroying Dak Prescott. You're, you're ruining his years because that's not a competitive backfield that, that can be competitive defensively, especially considering your linebackers questions. And I got to see what they do with the rest of the defensive line. They have some solid pieces. I I like what they've done there. Um, But man, I, I would, I, 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 I would hate that. Well, Mike, so I will, you know, maybe I should have been I, I more clear, like but, you know, those guys are the starters. However, that doesn't mean that we didn't, um, you know, invest draft capital in some and some additional players in the secondary. But what what guy, what, what safety did you get that could be worse than Jordan Lewis? Move? I mean, I get Thompson. See, I think what what's happening here is, People saw Thompson play safety and like start, you know, however many games we've played and and play big minutes. And they're thinking like, well, at least Jordan Lewis isn't Thompson. And I'll give you that. But it's still that. I mean, I can name there is such a group of 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 uh, of safeties, the Paris Fords, the Cisco's the. I don't, I'm not even a huge fan of Andre Cisco, mm-hmm. but I was Letero talking to him, uh, Letatero. Like is that how you see? He has a big ass next. Yeah, your last name is big, dude. It's not easy like Crum or Ryan. All right, give me a break. But Tim and me were talking, and, and we were talking about the defensive backfield, and he had said, "Yeah, get me a Cisco or a or a." He said one other guy, maybe it was Morig. I'm not sure, but one of the center field safeties to go with Wilson. And I told him, "I go, man, I don't really like those safeties you you put. I don't love them that much." And he was like, look, they're not great, but come on, man. We got to do something. And I was like, you know what? You're right. With this, Will McClay's never picked a safety before the sixth round. So I'm not going to be picky. Go get Cisco or Paris Ford or Nazare Ladim or, or, or Giuseppe. Giuseppe? Um, there, there's a bunch of them. Go get one of those and plug him in there and put him next to Wilson. You know, and and their young safeties, I'd like to improve, get a vet that that in there that could do something. But I'd rather take my chances going after an injured guy like Malik Hooker and and like, hey, at least if he's in, I know he can cover when he is healthy. Then hope Jordan Lewis can can become a safety after being a poor cornerback. Like I, I and and is smaller. Like you want to get bigger for the safety position. We would be getting. Like we'd be getting a smaller guy. Well, Mike, what if I mean? I'm just I, saying I like we we invest a first rounder, and you know whether it be a cornerback and safety, and the, the, our first and second round picks are 
our investments in the secondary, but however, there there's a competition and and Cheeto and Lewis, you know, win that competition. I mean, are you, does that not change anything? Or does that, are you, I mean, does that make, does that worry you about the rookies? Uh, I, I, that would, that's exactly what I was going to say. It would worry me about who we picked. Um, and, and it would worry me that they decided to go into it going well. Our picks are either going to be a day two safety or Jordan Lewis. That would worry me. Like, um, y- you got to do something in the offseason to bring in some help. Like, just just to stabilize the position. Unless you go into it and, and find a guy that you know is a day one guy that can, that can play. You know, uh, it would... Make me very nervous. No, even Wilson, because because Wilson, the way he plays causes him to get injured. He always has. So you should already know that. You should go in going, okay, we have a guy that hasn't been healthy any time in college or the pros. He's missed time. So we should prepare for that and bring people in. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe if Jordan Lewis took a a, a, a low deal to be like a nut, like Cheeto, a utility backup that, you know, the that that stuff that where he was rotation. But man, it would feel really really gross if Cheeto, Diggs, Brown, Jordan Lewis, and Wilson were like the starters, like starters, like this is our unit going in and. Uh, and we're going with them. If they had some depth behind them and they, they just wanted to develop their young guys more, I could I could stomach it more. But I would be like, man, uh, I, it still would – it would taste gross. It would make me want to throw up in my mouth, but I wouldn't completely vomit because I knew the young guys would be there to, to take the spots you. Just, eventually. You know, you know? Uh, early in the offseason, you know, Brian – shout out to Brian Broaddus. He was talking about – you know, maybe moving Cheeto to safety, or maybe he, he thought that Jordan Lewis would be a, a good fit there at safety. And uh, now that now that we're uh, now that the season has moved on, now we saw not to be tried. He he thinks that that Jordan Lewis might be a, a good fit at safety. And we've even seen John Williams. I believe it was even uh, last year he was talking about you know maybe Jordan Lewis is better served as a safety. So when when I hear smart guys like that, you know, say things like that, uh, at least it makes me think, and it, you know, I kind of. Makes me wonder if, um, again, you know, when we're talking about Cheeto in the second contract, if just taking a chance on the experience in the offseason to to fill that position while the rookies learn and everything, if that might not be a, uh, you know, something that we should give it, that we should try. Because you remember when uh, we drafted Byron Jones, he was a he was a safety for the first, I believe it was two years of his career, and then Richard comes in and moves him to uh, to cornerback, and we saw how that worked out. So you know, I mean, I think there's always. Um, an opportunity for a player to to be better when given a chance at a you know a different position. We had two two things. One, Byron was a corner at first. He only played a couple of games at safety his rookie year. Uh, Skandrick went out and, and got hurt. He couldn't get he couldn't start over Brandon Carr or uh, or. Uh, Man, I'm blanking on who our other guy was. But Skandrick got hurt, and he played 11 games at corner. They moved him to safety the next year uh, because they really wanted to get him on the field, but they couldn't put him ahead of uh, Claiborne. And I think it was Claiborne and Carr at the time. And uh, and he, so he moved to safety after that, and then obviously we know from there. The other is I, with John and, and 
and Brian and, and Mike, I think what it is is Cheeto played so poorly, uh, especially with how we expected him to to play better because he, he has played well at corner and spots, but he played so poorly that I think people mm-hmm. are just looking for a spot to, for him because he kind of makes plays. But he just he just he doesn't have the size to play safety and he hasn't shown the skill and coverage at cornerback. So I don't know why people think that will translate over to to the safety position as a good safety. Like I understand, believe me, he's better than Darian Thompson. I, I am not in disagreement there. I, I I understand why people are saying free safety right now this season the last two games because you'd rather put anybody out there than Darian Thompson that's why I talked about Reggie Robinson you know it can't get any worse so you put him out there with Don, with with uh, Wilson at safety and you and you let him go but if in the offseason you can't find a real safety a legitimate guy who is big enough fast enough talented enough to play that position next to Donovan Wilson when you have 10 draft picks and guys like Jalen Johnson are going in the third round. Thornhill's the second rounder. Like, there's just so many guys that that you can get day two. That it would be super frustrating. It just showed that this front office just those positions they just don't value enough. And and if you look at the teams that are successful, they have damn good safeties most of the time. So. I, I hope I just hope that that's not the grouping. I really, you I know, really, I, I don't think would I would like hate it, Mike, just because you know, of course, when I asked this question, of course, when I sent you the show sheet, you know, I should have been more clear, but I had the impression that, of course, we're going to have a new defensive coordinator and a different scheme, and also what we had invested picks and and young guys who were just kind of learning and waiting for their waiting for their chance. So I, I'm a bit surprised by your by your reaction, but of course, I, I love the. Uh, I love the passion and the and the thought behind it. There, it's just um, again, you know, here especially hearing a guy like Brian Broaddus talk about the, you know, just the thought of putting him there just to see what he could do. At least it makes me wonder. You know, the same thing. What what could he do? And he couldn't be worse than Darian Thompson. But like also like you said, if if that if Darian Thompson is the measuring stick, then you know maybe it's not just the players that that we should be worried about, but it also should be this front office. I, I believe um, I talked about it on Twitter. I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was like, Darian Thompson, it was Frankie. I, him, I go, Darian Thompson is like eating poison. You, you're just going to die. I go, put Jordan Lewis back there is dying of starvation. Like you get no food and you eventually die, but it's worse than dying right away from eating poison. But I, I don't want to die. I want a guy out there that like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this isn't a five-star meal, but I can sustain my life on on this safety play, you know. And I believe that's Donovan Wilson. Like, Donovan Wilson's that. If you can get that or better from the other safety, you know, please do it. You have enough draft picks. Just don't 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 leave us out there barren. I'm, I'm so tired of seeing, you know, hoping that to get average safety play i'm tired of hoping to get average it's i want guys that can play like get guys that can make plays donovan wilson makes plays in the run game and and is a playmaker on the back end and i think he'll get better in coverage with more snaps he's never going to be great at it that that's not going to be his job get a safety that can play over the top and and just get better please get better don't leave please 
I'm begging you, please don't let that be our starting line. Well, Mike, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up the show fair. sheet here because you I said something earlier. It. But when you know heading into the draft, I mean, I know you you've got a concern with our linebackers. I mean, uh, what round investment do you think we should uh, use to uh, grab a linebacker to help help this group? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking my ideal scenario, right? How I would do it. Okay. Cornerbacks uh, at pick eight. Let's just go where we're at now. Pick eight. I would go fairly at pick eight. At pick forty, I would try to nail a uh, a um, uh, God a edge rusher. I like. I would like to have an extra edge rusher because I don't trust that Alden's going to be back or that he's going to be any good uh, the next few years. You know, he's 31 already and Gregory is one year, you know, so I would like to get an edge rusher at 40. If things worked out well, a Jalen Phillips, if he fell, uh, Jason OA would be good. I would love um, Uli Hori. I think his name Aziz Uli Hori. Uh, pardon me if I'm saying his name wrong. He's the edge rusher out of Georgia. All kinds of bend, just a disgusting pass rusher. But I have a feeling he's going to jump up boards. Uh, Georgia doesn't really use him a lot. So, And then in the third round, here's where it gets difficult because I think we have two-thirds, and I think you're going to need a safety with one of them and then either a linebacker or a DT with the other. Now, I would like to get linebacker, I think it's – but we really need a one technique, and if we don't – you know, do something in the in the free agency to bring one in. That might be our best chance to get a Davis, a Shelvin, a uh, uh, there's another one in there that I'm that I'm blanking on. But that's the area I would like to go uh, uh, linebacker. If if the DT if the right DTs are falling and you think you can get them in the fourth because you have a couple of fourths too then I would like to go linebacker there. Also, if the right defensive – say the defensive ends all jump up the boards and you don't have one there, I'm great in the second round going Chaz Surratt. I would love that uh, 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 linebacker in the second. So day two would be my ideal spot for a linebacker. Um, I would like one that can cover – has the athletic trace to cover. I think Chaz Surratt would be great. Maybe you go, all right, I'm going to change on the fly. Fairly in, in round one, Chaz Surratt in round two. and round three, you get a safety and, uh, and maybe a Shaka Tony uh, as your edge rusher from Penn State. If he, that's where he's been mocking to lately, so in that area. And then you go one technique in the fourth round because it isn't valued very much. You can get good ones then. Um, so that would be my ideal uh, four spots. All defense, corner linebacker, safety, defensive tackle, hit all the needs in the top 110 picks. And, I'm uh, surprised to hear you um, advocating for drafting for need, Mike. Well, you know, we're in this situation. Uh, you know me, like I said before, this is – we're talking my ideal scenario of guys that I would want to fall – to the right spots. Don't get me wrong. You know, if, if, if the right guy falls to, to the second round pick and it's a, it's a thing that we think we don't need, but he's clearly the best player. I'm going to be advocating for him. I'm just saying if, if it worked out the way I would want it to, I would love a draft hall of a fairly or a Satan, a Chaz Surratt, 
a let's say Paris Ford because I like him a lot in the third, a um, uh, Shaka Tony, and uh, and a I don't think Davis or Shelvin make it to the fourth round, but maybe a um, a Slayton or uh, one of the other big guys. I know there's ones we can get later um, uh, from a smaller mm-hmm. school, but I can't remember his name. A big Hawaiian kid, just just a big plug that doesn't know how to pass rush, doesn't know how to do anything, but just can't be moved unless you put two really good offensive linemen on them. So that would be my ideal thing. I do not draft for need, though. If the best players, you know, at a premium position early, you get them, and then you go round around, you know, and, and you see well, one more on thing, Mike. You know, I know I've seen this guy on need. a couple That's of your mock bad. drafts, and I'm looking at one of mine here November 9th, and – Talking about Mr. Linebacker Baron Browning. What what are your thoughts on him? Like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Potential to be a third down, mm-hmm. three down. He has the athletics to be able to cover. He's not very good at it yet, but he has the athletic ability to to and that's kind of the key. Like when you watch Jalen, he just can't move right now. Uh, well enough to cover people. You know, if you have the athletic ability to do it. Uh, uh, then you can be taught to do it, you know, and he can get out and cover. And I believe he will be a third down linebacker. He has that kind of uh, uh, freakishness athletically, he has that kind of ability. Um, he'll be great versus the run on first and second down right right now. I, day one, he could go out there. He'll be fine. I have no issues with him. Um, my worry would be how long does it take him to develop a, in coverage? And from that, I would say, where is he going in the draft? Yeah, right the, now draft, the mock draft I was looking at, I took him at 99. Right round? Ninety-nine. Okay, so he's a top hundred player. So we probably have to use one of our fourth rounders on him. So we use, we use, we get our one technique, and then we are, or or we get our linebacker with the first fourth, and we get our one technique uh, uh, later on. But say we pick up a Brian Browning. Now you have a guy. I have no issues with him. I think he'd be a good special teams player. I think he's good on on first and second down. I think he'd work better uh, uh, up there uh, versus the run. You know, if you get him DTs that cover him, I I think he could be um, uh, better than Jalen or LVE versus the run, like almost right away as far as maybe not run and tackle. LVE does that pretty well. But as on taking on a block, getting off it and making a tackle, I think he does that better than our guys probably as a rookie, and that's saying something. Um, he does that well for Ohio State. But uh, he can't cover like LVE was able to, depending on how his injuries are. So he would be your your main, and I'd still probably take Joe Thomas in coverage um, than him. But just having a guy, if see, and that's where value comes in. You get a guy in the fourth round, let's say that's where he goes, you get a guy in the fourth round that can come in and be a linebacker for minimum two downs. And then you take him out on third down in, in obvious pass situations. And you have LVE and a nickel linebacker, somebody better than Darian Thomas, please Thompson, please God. But you get a real nickel linebacker that can play in there. That's either a safety or a bigger corner that moves to that spot. And you, uh, and you go to work and you're happy. Your fourth round pick looks like a badass, just like we do with Hitchens. And Damian Wilson, who were run stoppers that we took out on on passing downs. We didn't leave them in because we weren't really blitzers, and that would be where they're more effective. They did that well with Kansas City. 
And you just well, Mike, let, of you course, just I appreciate your, the breakdown as always. And before I get you out of here, of course, we've got to do one word. Mike, what's your one word this week to describe the Cowboys' performance on Sunday? Okay. Divisive. I'm gonna. I'm going divisive, and the reason is because team win wants to win, the, build up the culture. Mm-hmm. They still, they still have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, you know, get morale up for the team. Uh, you know, build that up. Team tank is like we're losing draft position. We're losing trade capital. You know, we're losing position in the second round. And of course, the better record in the division you do, the tougher schedule you face the next year. So. It was a divisive win. We had half the fan base going, yes, another win. Let's go for the division. You know, we, we always want to win. And the other half going, damn it. You know, we're losing our trade down value and we're losing our ability to, to be in a position that if somebody jumps out at the senior bowl in the combine and they're there in the top five and you don't, you just don't know yet that they're that guy. And he becomes Mike. I have confidence. Uh, you know, we didn't have Dak, we don't have Zeke, and we have a beat up offensive ball. line. I feel like they came out and played like they wanted, like they wanted to win, and they didn't let the San Francisco defense scare them. Uh, Dallas had a game plan, and they stuck to it. And I felt like we we had confidence yesterday, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look like a confident team, and and you know what confidence breeds turnovers. And, the, and, and yes. getting turnovers and that stuff's, uh, uh, what's the word, in, infectious? Yeah, that, that stuff's infectious. So we'll see if we can carry it over because now we got Eagles and their 400 total yards and four TDs guy walking in, new new uh, quarterback. So, you know, he put 400 total Yes, total sir. Yards up well, Mike, I appreciate the discussion as always. And while we're getting out of here, now. remind everybody where they can find you out on Twitter. And, guys, I am Paul Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next week.